to the Heart of England Speakers Toastmasters podcast. My name is Pierre. I'm the VP for PR for Heart of England Speakers. We meet every first and third Tuesday of the month at 7.30 p.m. Right now, only online. For all details, please go to our website at heartspeakers.org.uk. Today, we have a special treat as we are going to play you the top three evaluations from our evaluation club contest that happened a few Tuesdays ago. Now, obviously, what is a Toastmasters club? We focus on speech and the way we talk, but a lot of what we do is also what's called active listening. When you listen to somebody speak, you are intent to give them feedback on how they did and what they should do next and how to improve their speaking. So here's what you're going to see or hear, depending if you're on the podcast or on the YouTube channel. You will see or hear one of our speakers, Phil, give a five-minute speech. And then all our contestants will give feedback on the same speech. And we'll play for you the third, second, and best speeches of the night. And every time, much like the speech contest, we'll have our contestant and a few quick Q&A of the contestants with Callum. So now, let's listen to Phil, who's going to give us a speech, which will be evaluated by our three contestants. Wonderful. Thank you. Let's get started. So, I would like you all to please to welcome Phil Coleman with Finding Warmth. Finding Warmth, Phil Coleman. Mr. Contest Chair, fellow Toastmasters and very welcome guests. Back in 2007, I was invited on a Jolly Boys outing, a fishing trip no less, to Spain. Never been to Spain before, never been abroad. For that matter, I can't fish either. Never could, still can't. Anyway, it's all going to be good. It's a Jolly Boys outing, there ain't going to be much fishing going on, surely. So, I'm all booked up, I'm good to go. Comes around time to pack in. Right, what do I know about Spain? It's a hot country, sunny and it's warm. So I'm going to pack all of the t-shirts and all of the shorts I have got. Let's get these bad boys in the bag. Right, sorted. Okay, I'm all packed. We're on the plane, we land, we get there. Get off the plane. It's sunny, it's really hot. Glistening, intense ball of heat coming from the sky. The kind of heat that is best experienced when you first open an oven door that's been closed for a really long time. That blast of intense warmth that really hits you in the face. We get in the car, we're heading to the villa. As we arrive down at the villa, I, I can see it off in the distance, a um, small um, a small bungalow. It's white, painted white. It has a garage underneath full of all of the equipment we are going to need for such an adventure. As we entered the villa, we could the lounge had all of the rooms coming off it and was small and simple, but it was clean and tidy and it had all of the things we needed. In the lounge, there was a small TV in the corner and a fireplace. The kind of fireplace that you can light a real fire in just what we needed so we spend that evening setting up our fishing gear getting everything ready we've got the bait all sorted we're good to go 
up we go to bed, ready for our day's fishing. The next day comes, it's raining. You know the sort of rain I mean? Raindrops like basketballs. You get soaked just for daring to look out the window. But we're on a Jolly Boys outing. We're here to fish and fishing is just what we're gonna do. So we get all of our things, pop them in our little wheelbarrow and off we go down to the, uh, down to the river. By this point, I'm beginning to wonder if I've made the right decision, but it's way too late to back out. We're down at the river, we get all set up, we've uh, got our fishing rods out and there we go, fishing away. A couple of hours pass, not much is going on. Some of the other lads decide that they're gonna pop up to the village to get some of the necessities that we need. They weren't gonna be long, it's fine. Um, there haven't been much going on, there's nothing too much could go wrong. What I didn't know at that point was that popping to the village also meant popping to the pub. And actually, I was going to be on my own for quite a considerable amount of time. Anyway, there I was, waiting for them to come back. And then suddenly, click, 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 click. As Pedro, the Spanish cousin of the Loch Ness Monster, decides he is going to take my bait. So, cut my rod. I yank it back. And it was at that point that I realised my rod was broken. Now I've got a problem. I've got to pull in the biggest fish that you have ever seen. And I know it's big, it's just broke my rod. So I start pulling in at the fishing line, wrapping it around the stake that I've got on the floor because this is starting to really hurt my hands. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And then eventually, Pedro, comes close enough for me to pull him in. He's fighting, he's, he's putting up a good fight, but I managed to get out the hook and proud of my achievements, I put him back in the water and off he goes. Good piece of work there. I've never fished in my life, I ain't got a clue what's going on. I just caught that bad boy. Anyway, the lads come back and they're having none of it. Not a single bit. In fact, I was the punchline for their banter for the rest of the day. Anyway, we carried on fishing right up until we were too hungry to continue any further. Then we returned back to the villa. Whilst at the villa, we decided that now was the time to test out this fireplace. Went down to the log store, got the logs, put them on the fire. Right, there's five or six lads here. We are all very masculine. We want to show our best fire starting skills. So off we go, all of us, different different methods of getting this fire started. In the end, we've burnt up a whole load of cardboard and a little bit of boat, boat fluid. But do you know what? The fire's going, we're warm. We sit back, marvelling at our success. We've done all right here, we're warm, we're, we're, we're all good. It was at that point that the air started to become cloudy, shall we say. Breathing became <coughs> more of a challenge. So, we opened up the doors and the windows. I went outside and looked up at the chimney. There's no smoke coming out of that. That was the point we realised that in Spain, health and safety law seems to allow you to block up a chimney when you don't want people to use it anymore. 
now we've got a problem. We've got to unpick all of our hard work and get that fire out. So one option we've got is water. Can we put it out with water? Probably not the best. We want our deposit money back and there's a load of soft furnishings around. So we remembered the garage. In the garage, there were some tools. Down to the garage we go. We cover a spade and we're carrying out the fire into the garden, chucking it outside as fast as we can to save the villa and our deposit. So why am I telling you all of this? The goal for this pathway was to tell you about a project. The goal of that project was about keeping warm. Did we achieve that goal? I think we did. Maybe not in the most logical of ways, but we got there. And with that, I'll hand back over to our contest chair. That was a wonderful speech and a pretty funny speech if you can see it on the video by Phil. So now we're going to hear the third place in the evaluation contest with David. And as we've done before, David will be interviewed after his evaluation by Callum. Mr. Mr. Contest, Contest Chair, fellow Toastmasters and very welcome guests. It's my great pleasure to evaluate Phil's speech, Finding Warmth. And what a treat it was for all of us. Phil was going to take us on a journey with an entertaining story about the Johnny Boy's trip to Spain. And it was sprinkled from the start with liberal doses of humour that put the audience at ease. Not least of all, the, co the costume changes, beginning with that uh, interesting John Motson number. How could, we, um, how could we have anything other than a big impact from that start? Now, as well as the costume changes, there were other props that Phil used. He, he produced a spade at one point. Uh, there was Pedro the fish. And then we were treated to the sight of his sadly broken rod. Now, these, these props are clearly, it's a very visual, it's a very visual element to the speech. And it, it puts us at the scene. As an audience, we can see him digging away with his spade. We can see him flinging his rod around, uh, fishing, etc., etc. It was, it's, it's a good thing to get, bring the audience on board. And in the similar vein, there was a strong use of metaphor. When Phil got off the plane in Spain, it was like opening a boiling hot oven. Oof. As an audience, we're there, we're feeling that heat. The rain, it wasn't just falling, it was falling like basketballs. It's, it's again, it's very visual. It's, we, we're, we're there, we can almost feel those basketballs bouncing on our head. And it, again, this helps us to relate, it helps us to understand where he's going. It was, in fact, there's, there's plenty of things I can say about this speech. It was a very strong speech. If I have to give a recommendation, what I would say is that whilst towards the end, Phil tied it all together and he, he brought it all together to say, this is, this is the project. And now, now you can see how I've answered the points on that project. What I would like to have seen 
was something at the start, maybe an introduction to say, I'm going to take you on a journey and the point of this journey is X, Y and Z. Give us a little bit of structure, a bit of signposting so that we know where we're going and we can maybe relax just a bit more and enjoy the show. But getting back to the speech and these many good points, body language. Absolutely fantastic. My favourite trick, if I can call it that, of Phil's, was when he'd move in towards the camera and he'd conspire with us as an audience. We were going along on the trip. We were one of the Johnny boys. Absolutely fantastic speech. I'm just going to wrap it up by saying that I'm looking forward to seeing Phil's next speech and he's done a great job. Mr. Topics, Mr. Competition Chair. David, do you find doing uh, evaluations in a contest different to speaking in a club? In terms of in terms of doing evaluations in the club, yeah, um, I, I guess a little. Um, I, I didn't really find it too different. Um, the whole thing of sitting in that holding area, chatting away, waiting for your turn. It, it kind of maybe. Uh, amps it up a little bit, you know, um, but it's, um, I, I think it's like anything that we do, Toastmasters, just a little angle, a little bit of a shift. Maybe the audience is, if it's a physical meeting and the audience is arranged in a different way, sometimes it can throw you and all these little things. I guess we get, we get exposed to various ways of doing things, don't we? And I think, I think each of these things probably, probably helps us. So that when when you come across different scenarios in in real life, you none, none of these things kind of throw you and seem so strange. So it's um, yeah, it's similarish to the similarish to the to the normal club thing. I think like like Caroline was saying, I'm just wondering how it's going to feel going back to the real club and doing this in person. There's a, there was an article on the BBC today saying that. Um, People are going to have to learn how to socialise because parts of their brain have atrophied from from not practising recently, and I, I suspect that's probably true. So, I guess we'll um, <laughs> we'll soon find out. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, lovely. Thank you. A great evaluation by David and a great interview by Callum. Now we're moving on to the second place, who will represent our club on the April tenth area contest. Sanat. Mr. Contest Chair, fellow Toastmasters and welcome guests. I'm excited to be able to evaluate uh, Phil's speech. The, the, the title was Finding Warmth. Um, Phil started by introducing the, the, the title by saying um, the 2007 uh, boys outing. Uh, that was the, the beginning. Then Phil moved on. The structure of the speech developed into a storytelling style, described his journey, the arrival, the fishing trip, uh, and finally the fire, then concluded um, at the end. So there was a, a, a structure uh, there. Uh, for me, uh, what would have helped at the early start uh, would have been to have given maybe a little more signposting, uh, a purpose or reason what the conclusion of the speech was going to be, the purpose of it. And that would have, for me, been the hook to keep my attention as to where this was going as, as Phil outlined his story. The, the content, of course, Phil started with his coat, his, his hat, 
And in fact, the speech had plenty of props. You will recall it got the rod, it got the fish, and all those things helped to paint the picture along with the words and the gestures that he used. Now, for me, um, you know, I, I, perhaps the hat and the coat didn't have as much meaning and purpose other than a little bit of humor. Uh, the props were on the floor and perhaps uh, Phil could have thought about keeping the props on a table in front of him because there were times when looking down and reaching down, you know, lost eye contact and it seemed a little bit kind of confusing for me. So perhaps your use of the props is really good idea. Making them appropriate would be very helpful. Uh, also, uh, moving on to the delivery. I like the, the, the way that Phil used the stagecraft. But of course, when he stepped forward and said, a real fire, the thing about coming forward is about when you're being intimate with the audience. And although later on, we found out the implication of what uh, Phil was saying about a real fire, but if he had mentioned the reason for that, I said, I'll tell you about that later then that would have perhaps give it a little bit more meaning because I thought it, stepping forward and saying a real fire lost me a little bit. So maybe that's something for next time. There were plenty of hand gestures and direction as to where the story was moving. And I like that. Perhaps Phil might have, when he said no way, added a few, few more. And for me, in conclusion, what Phil's speech was, was a very colorful, storytelling style. I would have liked there to have been a hook at the beginning, a purpose of why you should listen, and then the takeaway strong ending would have added even more impact. But I'm really looking forward to Phil's next speech, and I congratulate him on this one. Contest Chair. Sanat. Hiya. Hello. Thinking generally, um, rather than just about Phil's speech, do you find it difficult to think of recommendations or is that something that comes naturally to you? Uh, that's not so difficult for me, I have to say, over the, the number of years of uh, being a Toastmaster, it has helped to build up a bit of a catalogue of the things that you might be looking out for. And if you don't see it, uh, then that perhaps affords a possible recommendation that could be used next time. So I guess the more you see and experience in terms of speakers. It gives um, a more of a catalogue for me, but particularly. Uh, but I, I suppose the, the downside of that is, is that, uh, as, as uh, for myself, as my mind is working over, trying to note these things down, uh, it's trying to still, whilst you're writing it, these things down, still be listening to what's being said afresh or new. And and that's for me is is a little bit of the of the challenge because I say, like, oh good, hang on, this would be quite good to note and to recommend. But then you think, just as I missed the big basketballs of rain coming down, and I thought, when was that said? <laughs> Who said that? So that's the, the potential downside of uh, of having recommendations in your mind that you want to record. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, it's a good point, isn't it? Trying to keep up as you're going. And now the moment you've all been waiting for, the evaluation from the champion of our club, Rachel. Energetic, engaging, entertaining. Contest chair, fellow Toastmasters and most welcome guests. 
Phil's speech tonight was packed tightly like a tin of sardines. Note the fishing theme. I'm going to note some of Phil's strengths in my evaluation tonight. And I'm also going to give a couple of recommendations that would make Phil's speech even better next time. So I'm going to start with pace. And I wonder, did you notice some of the very subtle things that Phil did to put pace and energy into his speech? It was a fast paced speech. I was into it straight away, following every word. But some of the things that he did were to shorten his sentences. It not only meant that he could get more words in, it gives the impression of pace when moving forward. So he said, comes round to packing. There was no we or I, it was just comes round to packing. He also said, we land, we get there. Oh, it's fast, we're moving, we're getting on with it. Some really subtle things that Phil did to add drama and pace to his speech. He also used some fantastic analogies. I'm sure you picked up on them. He said an intense ball of heat, sunshine. He was like an oven door that hadn't been opened in a long time. What a great analogy for helping us to feel that sense of sunshine. He also used a simile. He said raindrops like basketballs. And I had this visual imagery of basketballs falling from the sky. It was brilliant. The thing I really loved was the props. How brilliant were they in a speech like this with the fishing rod and then it broke and then the sticker flicking around like this. So, so what brilliant use of props. It really enhanced Phil's speech. I have a couple of recommendations. Firstly, breathing. Although Phil wanted to put pace and energy into this speech, at times I think it would have been good for Phil to just take a pause and slow down. I could hear some swallowing at times, which may have indicated a little bit of nervousness, but to help the drama, it would also help to put in some pauses. The second recommendation would be chronology. Phil's speech started here and it ended over here. An idea for Phil could be to go straight into the bit where the fish was on the fishing line and then to go back in time. Those are just ideas for even better next time. Overall, I was caught hook, line and sinker by Phil's speech tonight. He has the makings of a fantastic storyteller, being engaging, energetic and entertaining. Contest chair. Rachel, would like to tell us about how you structure an evaluation usually? That's a very good question, Mr. Frost. To be honest, I like to play around a little bit with structure. I'm not one to go with something robust every time and and I don't like to be overstructured. And I think that's because I like the inspiration to be able to come to me. And I worry a little bit that if it's too structured, that I'll lose some of those nuggets. And so tonight I just thought I'll just do something different. I, and so I did something that I hadn't done before. And I just thought I'll see, I'll see how it goes. I'll experiment. So that's what I did.
I like it. I mean, I think the experiment paid off. Well done. <laughs> Second question. Very quick question. Have you ever been fishing? I haven't been fishing like that, as in, in a, you know, a river, but I have been on a boat in Devon in the middle of the ocean where we were casting off from the side of the boat into the sea and we were fishing for mackerel, I think, and we caught loads, absolutely loads of them. And at the end, uh, the, the sailors that were running the boat, they would chop all the heads off because there were several people that had paid to be on the trip. And they would chuck the heads in the sea and there'd be like 15,000 seagulls running, not running, flying after the boat. They definitely weren't running, flying after the boat. So that's my only fishing experience, but it was a good one. Yeah, it's more than me anyway. <laughs> try it. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you. And that will conclude our evaluation contest. If I may say so, the evaluation by Rachel was nothing short of a clinic on how you do an evaluation. Absolutely fantastic. Good luck to Sanat and good luck to Rachel as they represent our club on April 10th for the area contest. If you'd like to attend or if you'd like to attend our club meetings, first and third Tuesday of the month at 7.30 p.m. currently online, Please send us an email. All the details are on our website at heartspeakers.org.uk. Thank you very much for listening. My name is Pierre, and we'll catch you on the next time on the Heart of England Speakers Podcast. Mm-hmm.